I'm Aislinn Green, and this is Unpacked, the podcast that unpacks one tricky topic in travel each week. And this week, we're exploring the sought-after, often confusing, and sometimes totally overwhelming world of airport lounge access. First, a quick story. A couple of years ago, I was traveling home from Southeast Asia. I'd already taken one very long flight, and I was gearing up for another, but I had a longish layover, more than two hours. And I was feeling strongly in need of a shower. You you know that feeling, right? <laughs> so through my credit card, I was actually able to access a lounge in Kuala Lumpur that had showers, great food, quiet spaces. I mean, it was heaven. And I swear to God, at that moment, even if there had never been any other benefit tied to my card, and there, there are, it was worth every last penny I had spent on the annual fee just to have that shower. <laughs> I've also had mediocre lounge experiences. I've been turned away, or I've been so frustrated and confused by the whole process, I didn't even try. So, to demystify the whole shebang, I spoke with travel writer and photographer Paul Rubio. Paul is a far as points and miles guy, and he writes about lounges as part of that beat. He's also a big traveler. He's visited 134 countries and counting. And as you'll soon hear, airport lounges aren't just a job for him. He lives and breathes this stuff, truly. We cover a lot of ground in this chat, so if you're at all overwhelmed, don't worry. At the end of the episode, I recap some of the main takeaways, and we'll link to Paul's airport lounge stories on afar.com in our show notes. Let's get those secrets. Paul, welcome to Unpack. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we are here to talk about, I don't know, everyone's favorite subject or the you know most confusing subject for some people, airport lounges. <laughs> yes, and there's a lot of information to cover. <laughs> yes, there certainly is. And you have been covering airport lounges quite a bit for several years, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, it started, I think, as a hobby and then became a career. So now as the head of points and loyalty for AFAR, I get to kind of look at the lounge world through a different lens. And I am officially can be a bit more critical and a bit more of a Karen when it comes to my lounge critiquing. (laughs) So it started as a hobby? Like, what do you mean? You just were trying to get airport lounge access every time you flew? Or what was the... You know, I've always been a points and miles nerd. Um, So I just would get like a natural high from getting free airline tickets and having that whole glamorous experience of using it for business and first class, which typically comes with lounge access. So for me, that was something that I enjoyed and I collected credit cards as a points (laughs) and miles nerd does for a while. And figured out every trick in the book before the blogs made them popular on how to get into the lounges and how to fly for free using miles. And then, yeah, that transitioned into a part of my career. I mean, I was already doing travel writing, so it kind of went together that I would um, go places with my points and miles, use the lounges, then write about the travel. But now I write about all of it. So you're the true expert here in that expert opinion. Why do you think it's worth pursuing lounge access for people who might not be so interested or maybe have never tried it before? Okay. I mean, first things first, like the airport lounge experience is not necessarily as glamorous as it used to be. That Mm. said, Mm. it's still worth pursuing. 
Now, like we go to the airport and it's crowded, it's packed. Like we have lines for everything these days, right? So whether you're going to check-in, security, the boarding area, and then you're also in incredible lines to pay for grossly overpriced snacks and adult (laughs) beverages to get through the chaos. So (laughs) given that like, it's going to be a cluster to go to the airport, why not have the option of maybe finding a bit of a respite from it all where you get free food, free drinks, reliable Wi-Fi, and maybe in some cases a mini massage or just a chance to unwind. So getting airport lounge access is is completely worth it. You just have to set your expectations to where the travel world is today. And it's summer, so like you're not necessarily going to have the lounge all to yourself when you go. But in the worst case scenario, you go to the lounge and you grab a snack and you leave and you didn't pay $45 for it at a fast food counter. That's a really good point. Even if you don't use the lounge, you could still take advantage of one or some of the amenities, right? Even just a bathroom in the lounge. Yes. And in the best case scenario, (laughs) if the lounge is not crowded, you can drink the house down, you can eat the house (laughs) down, you can get some work done. And typically, some of the newer lounges happen to be in better parts of the airport that have like, great views, there's a bit of serenity that comes along with it. So it's like, it's a winning situation to actually go to an airport lounge. The other thing that I think is so important for pursuing lounge access is flight delays. Like, I cannot tell you how many times this year I have had a flight delay and a lounge has just saved my life because I have three hours. What am I going to do? Oh, you know what? I'll just go to the lounge. And then it's just kind of like relaxing, having a nice time. And it just takes away like that extra stress that my flight was delayed. And I come back a better person. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We went all the way from airport lounges to becoming a better person. I love it. Yes, that's what that's what a few old fashions will do. <laughs> you mentioned that it's not maybe as glamorous as it once was. In this recent story about airport lounges that you wrote for afar.com, which we'll link to in our show notes, you explained that it's getting harder to access lounges these days. Can you explain why and what that means? So it's it's getting harder to access some lounges. For years now, the Centurion lounges by American Express have basically been the gold standard of airport lounges. And the Centurion lounges are the Amex branded lounges exclusive to Amex Platinum, Business Platinum, and Centurion cardholders. Until February 1st of this year, Amex Platinum cardholders were able to enter the lounge with two guests. And so that guest policy ended months ago. And so now it's $50 per guest. So that was a huge perk of the Amex card was like, wow, those lounges have artisan cocktails. They not necessarily like top shelf wine, but like not the kind that you're going to get on board that you're going to want to spit out. Um, Definitely, definitely (laughs) decent food presentations by local chefs. And they are the places like that you want to linger and enjoy before your flight. So a lot of cardholders were upset about that. The other 
big news of it becoming harder to get into lounges or to access lounges was from Delta because they're also mm-hmm. dealing with an overcrowding issue as everybody is. And so they have made it very complicated. You know, there are a lot of people who have access to Delta lounges because you get access to the Sky Club lounges just from being an Amex Platinum holder. Then you get access to Sky Club lounges for having elite status with Delta. Then sometimes you have Sky Team partner airlines that allow access. So what's happened at the Delta lounges is somewhat similar to the chaotic boarding process that you see from legacy airlines where there's like nine groups and you're like, oh, wait, am I that group? Am I that group? Like, why are they boarding first? They have created this tiered structure of who gets in first because there tends to be a waiting list every time you go to a Delta lounge. So they have created something on their app where it shows how busy the lounge is and like the likelihood of whether you'll get in. I just kind of avoid Delta lounges now in general because yeah. it's a little bit more than I want to handle or deal with. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, on the, on the flip side of lounge access getting harder, since I, I penned that article, which was at the end of last year, there have been some changes in the world of airport lounges. So Capital One is expanding its own branded lounges to compete with Amex. And Chase is doing the same. Okay, that's great. And when you say Chase, that's the Chase Sapphire or the Chase Preferred? Yes. So so the the Chase Club lounges are four Chase Sapphire reserve card holders. The first one in the U.S. just opened up in Boston. We have an article about that because we got a first look. That was very like a month ago. The first international one opened in Hong Kong. And the interesting thing about the Chase airport lounges is that it accepts the priority pass card, which I guess we'll get into later. But there are limitations for regular priority pass card holders that don't also have the Chase Sapphire Reserve. But yes, Chase is expanding its lounge network. They have six in the pipeline and Capital One has a lounge in Dallas and they have several more in the pipeline, one in Denver, one in Dulles. And then they are also doing these smaller concepts called landings, which are not full scale lounges, but smaller spaces for people who have like tight connections or are just looking for like a grab and go type of experience. Okay. And is Centurion, are they also expanding their lounge network? So what they have been doing is actually increasing the size of existing lounges. They expanded a lot. Last year, they opened up a new lounge in London, also JFK, LA. And what they've been doing is like the Seattle one just reopened this year, and it's three times the size that it used to be. The Miami one reopened, I think, like a year and a half, two years ago, and it's much bigger than it used to be. But as someone who uses Miami as a home base, I will tell you, it's still crowded. But because of that, I arrive early enough that I can find a seat. And also yeah. at some of the Centurion lounges, they offer complimentary 10-minute neck and shoulder massages. So nice. I will arrive an hour extra early so I can put my name down on the list for a massage. And I have successfully received a massage every time I've gone this year. 
That is a positive sign. I wanted to get into like your broader suggestions for how to gain airport lounge access. It sounds like credit cards are really the way to go. Would you say that's the primary way to get into these lounge networks? Yes. I mean, in my opinion, the only way to access airport lounges is through a credit card. Okay. I'll tell you why. So most top credit cards come with lounge access to multiple different lounges. So the American Express Platinum, for example, you will have access to the Centurion Lounge. However, Mm -hmm. you can also access the Delta Sky Lounges if you'd like, if you're flying on Delta. You can access the Priority Pass Lounges if you're in an airport that doesn't have a Centurion Lounge or a Delta Sky Lounge and you're not flying Delta. Similarly, as I said, Capital One and Chase, they're expanding with their own branded lounges, but they also offer priority pass access. Now, if you just bought the priority pass package that they offer on its own, it would be more money than your annual fee of your credit card. So you're always saving money by getting a credit card that comes with membership. And then let's say you happen to be a United loyalist and you want to be able to access United lounges because you're always going to fly them. You always think you'll be somewhere where there's a United lounge. The fee is around $700 for the membership to the United clubs, but you can get their top tier credit card, which has an annual fee that's lower than that 700 and it comes with the membership to the lounge. So it's never a financially wise decision to buy lounge membership. You always want to get it through a credit card. And in some instances, you're getting amazing value. So back to the Capital One example, their top tier card, which is the Capital One Venture X, it's like one of my favorite, if not my favorite travel credit cards. The annual fee is $395. You get a $300 travel credit annually when you book anything through Capital One Travel. That's airfare, hotels, rental cars. So right there, we're down to $95 annual fee. Then you get 10,000 miles every year on your anniversary. And those 10,000 miles are worth like at least $100. So you're basically paying nothing. But the card also comes with access to their lounges and the priority pass network. So the priority pass network package is worth, let's say $500. You're already making $500 by getting that credit card. Those are just some of the perks. So when you say the Capital One lounges, which ones are those again? So they are called Capital One lounges. So there's a Capital One lounge at Dallas, Fort Worth. And then there's one opening in Denver. There's one opening in Dulles. And then they have the landings, which are the smaller versions that are opening one in LaGuardia and I think the other one in DCA. Okay, great. And so that's your favorite card. And then there's the Chase. That's my favorite card for value, like for getting value value out of your lounges. The best credit card for airport lounge access overall is the American Express Platinum because there you're getting Centurion, Priority Pass, and you're getting Delta Sky Club and Plaza Premium Lounges. So it's it's a huge network. We yeah. have an article about that as well. We have an article okay. about every single thing I'm talking about. Like, so you can really We're going to go link deep. to all of this in our show notes. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so yes, there will be resources. But first, I was wondering if you could explain a little bit more about Priority Pass and what those lounges are like. It's the world's largest airport lounge network. So it's like about 1,300 plus lounges across the world 
in, I think, 140-ish territories and countries. And so by having the priority pass, you definitely have the most widespread access to airport lounges. And you get the priority pass by either signing up for membership outright, which nobody should do, or getting it through a credit card, whether you're paying for a high-fee credit card or a low-fee credit card. So, But because they are independent lounges, not all are created equal. So like the one in Quito is incredible, but I have been to many Priority Pass lounges where I've sat on a leather couch with cracks in it that are so old that like when I sat on it, like dust came out of the cracks and I felt like I was in a cloud of smoke. However, that same lounge... (laughs) had cold beer and like there was barely electricity in this particular airport. So it's like, okay, a cold beer is such a luxury right now. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's no AC in the airport, but I have a cold beer. So I yeah. will sit on the couch and I will enjoy this. And so, you know, I, I kind of like saw the positive in it. And so yeah, the priority pass like got me that cold beer. So it's going to be a different scenario depending on where you travel from. But you know, you don't have to go in the lounge. Like the, the the worst case scenario, you go in, you check it out, and you don't like it, and you leave. And maybe with the beer or without the yeah. beer. Wonderful. Okay. What about, so, you know, I have one of the Chase, um, Chase cards, and so I have Priority Pass. And I have noticed that at a lot of places, I see that some particular Priority Pass cardholders aren't accepted at that location. Do you know much about the nuances of that? Yeah. So, you know, Priority Pass Network is basically just a collection of independent lounges. And so I wouldn't say there's no quality control, but this they can kind of make their own rules up. And that comes to design, to food presentations, to policies. And so sometimes to deal with overcrowding, if these lounges already, let's say, have a contract with some airlines to let first and business class passengers in, those will get priority. So they will say priority pass members cannot enter during specific times. So that can be frustrating. So my recommendation for that is download the priority pass app and look at the terms and conditions to see if there are certain times that you are allowed or not allowed to enter the, the lounge. Now, the other thing with the Chase Sapphire Reserve is that it's the one high uh, premium travel credit card that allows as cardholders to get a credit at Priority Pass alternatives. So this uh-huh. is a network of restaurants and lounges that Priority Pass has worked with to help deal with the overcrowding issue. There's a full list of that. We have that in another article. There's like about 30 of them around the country. But let's say uh, in Boston, for example, you can't get into the Priority Pass Lounge. Well, there are two restaurants that you can go to if you have the Priority Pass through Chase Sapphire Reserve. So Mm -hmm. the Priority Pass through other cardholders does not work. This is specifically for Chase Sapphire Reserve. You can get $28 to $32 per person off the bill for two people. So if you just want to say like get two margaritas and chips and guac, it's going to be yeah. less than 56 bucks and your priority pass is going to take care of it. Yeah, we've used that in our home airport is SFO and we've used that at one of the, the restaurants there. It's great because there yes. isn't a lounge that we can access, at least in our terminal that we usually fly from. Hey. 
Feeding children is one of the most basic human responsibilities. So why do we so often feel like we're failing at it? I'm Jane Black. And I'm Liz Dunn. We're moms and we're food journalists. And in Pressure Cooker, we tackle some of the thorniest issues around how we feed our kids. How important is family dinner? And why do kids refuse to eat their vegetables? To find out, we're talking to experts and hearing from parents locked in the daily struggle to feed little people with big personalities. Listen to Pressure Cooker wherever you get your podcasts. For those who might not want to go the credit card route, are there any options for lounge access outside of, you know, buying a first or business class ticket? There are some lounges that allow day use, like, and you can pay a fee for that. Sometimes that's controlled by how crowded the lounges are, but you can, for a lot of the airline branded lounges, let's say like American Airlines, you can buy a one day pass for $59 or 5,900 miles to get into the Admirals Club. So, and that's just for one person though. Like if you think about, we were talking initially how the Centurion lounges don't allow guests anymore. Priority pass cardholders are allowed to bring two guests. So that's always really nice because typically like if you're traveling with people, you want to, you want to bring them in. And the same thing with the Chase Club and the Capital One Clubs, you can bring guests. So you can get a day fee at some of the legacy carriers, branded lounges, then you can also download Lounge Buddy, which will tell you which airport lounges are available for a fee for the day, and you can just pay directly through the app. Typically, okay. though, those are priority pass lounges, and it sometimes may be uh, controlled by how busy it is, but typically, they, if you're paying, they will let you in. It just sometimes, I, I wouldn't necessarily think it's maybe worth 50 or $55 to get into some of the priority pass lounges. Um, yeah. Some are worth it for sure, but some are not. But but those options do exist. Uh, okay. Another interesting thing, I know we were saying to go the non-credit card route, but if you don't feel like getting a premium credit card and you want to get a low annual fee credit card, the American Express green card offers a hundred dollar credit towards lounge buddy per year. So you can at okay. least have like two lounge hurrahs on your credit card <laughs> throughout yeah, the year. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, like at that point, I think you should just invest in a little bit of a better credit card and have more options for your for lounge access. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Are there particular airlines? So for people who might want to go the day use fee, maybe they don't travel as often. Are there particular carriers that you think have lounges that are worth that fee? Honestly, um, No. In general, the legacy carrier lounges are going to, like, the best you're going to get is, like, hummus in a squirt tube and really (laughs) bad Prosecco in a plastic cup, not even glass. And then, like, those canisters with the wheels when you never know how long, like, some of those pretzels have been sitting there. And, like, that (laughs) M&M is, like, actually walking along the wall. So, of the canister. Um, so, so that's a no. <laughs> for yeah. me, it's for me, it's a firm no. Um, yeah. But if if your goal is to let's say have three gin and tonics, which will cost you more money outside the airport lounge, then go for it. You know, again, it's yeah. like a yeah, cost yeah. benefit analysis. Yeah, exactly. And just to clarify, you can't buy day use passes to the credit card lounges for the most part outside of that priority pass. 
So for Capital One, if you have a lower tier card, you can buy, but you have to have a Capital One card. But like the but the Chase Sapphire Reserve, if you have the Chase Sapphire Preferred, you cannot get it. You cannot buy access to the Chase Lounge. Okay, I see. I know it's very complicated. It's like yeah, there are so many rules and and restrictions. I think that's part of what, you know, can feel intimidating sometimes. Do you have a way that you cope with that? Or do you just, are you just an encyclopedia at this point? Do you have all those rules and regulations? Honestly, I'm an encyclopedia and I have every credit card. So like, there has to be a way for me to get into every single thing. So I think I I recently had a situation where I was so confident that I was going to get into this lounge. I was flying back from Tahiti through LA mm-hmm. to Miami and I used miles to get a business class ticket. And so in, in the terminal, there was an American an Admirals club lounge. So I went to get in and they're like, no, you can't get in. And I was like, of course I can. This is a business class ticket, which regardless of what credit cards I have, the international business class ticket is supposed to get me into the lounge. And then yeah. they went through their list. There are specific routes that they're no longer oh. allowing entry to the lounge for including the route from Tahiti to LA and I was really? kind of floored because I don't usually make mistakes like that but but yeah. sure enough I was not allowed in you know you get for qualifying international business or first class you get lounge access but qualifying has the asterisk next to it so that doesn't count for Central America most of South America Caribbean and then somehow some of the Pacific Islands kind of got thrown into that mix of no-go. Wow, interesting. I had no yes, idea. I was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like the best way to follow some of those changes is basically to follow your byline on yes. Afar.com. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Because you're sure. tracking Try this. to digest as much as possible because I'm sure most yeah. people listening are already overwhelmed by the options out there. Yes, well, you've hinted at this, so I think we already have a good sense of your answer, but like, what are your favorite lounges? What What are the ones that you just really try to okay, take advantage so, of? So the Al Morjan Business Lounge in Doha mm. is phenomenal. I, really? I will gladly take a six to eight hour layover in Doha just to luxuriate. And I mean, <laughs> luxuriate in this lounge. It really? is stunning so it is absolutely enormous you have gorgeous spiral staircases water features different personality driven nooks tons of food presentations hot and cold you can scan the menu and then have food brought to your table if you're sitting in a table area as opposed to the coffee area or the quiet lounge or the relaxation lounge then they have they do serve top shelf so it's an endless pour of let's say Laurent Perrier Rosé, which is like $90 a bottle and you can just get an endless pour of it. There's also showers (laughs) close by, which is not part of the lounge, but there is a gym and spa. So I will just kind of leave the lounge for a little bit, go have a workout, get a spa treatment, and then come back to the lounge and then relax some more. So that is, I mean, Qatar Airways, like they're their lounge in Doha. They even have a new one, which I haven't seen yet that uh, just opened this summer. That's supposed to be even better. I can't imagine like how it could be better. So that, (laughs) that is like, that's my top lounge overall. Okay. Then for priority pass, I love the, the Sala VIP 
Internacional, Quito. Um, so, it, so in Quito, Ecuador, this Priority Pass Lounge previously won an award as the best Priority Pass Lounge within the network. When they used to hold awards, this was pre-COVID. But I was just there, and it's still incredible. They have really amazing local cuisine, like fresh fish sushi, ceviches, wow. fried rice with seafood, so many different incredible foods. Then they have full cocktail bar. You only get two drinks, unfortunately, but yeah. <laughs> they're well-made and it's like a true yeah. bar experience. Wow. Uh, then they have a rooftop lounge. So like you can eat inside where they have gorgeous chandeliers and really cute chairs, but then they have two lounges outside where you can just watch the planes go by. And like, it's like being on a rooftop bar. It's, it's amazing. So amazing. that is definitely one yeah. not to miss, especially if like you're going to the Galapagos, just like and you have a layover in Quito, just be excited that you're going to have a fabulous experience. Yeah, that's delightful. I mean, sushi in airports is something I generally avoid. So that's yes, no, this this is fine. I mean, I can't guarantee it, but it, it, it was delicious no. and fresh. That's I would typically incredible. avoid it as well, but um, this, this one is good. Are there any domestic lounges that you really love or North American? I know I keep going back to it, but the Capital One Lounge at Dallas-Fort Worth, it's, it, I love it so much because the brand is just really putting so much into making a name for itself in the travel world. So yeah. they, they've gone all in with the design, with the decor, the cocktails. They have cocktail, amazing cocktails on tap, like they have like a butterscotch old fashioned on tap, but you can make oh anything. Gosh. The bartenders will make anything you want and they put beautiful garnish and they muddle like and mix. And it's just like, it's a real bar experience. Then not only do you have the different food that you can go and grab uh, and sit at the table with, but they have an entire grab and go deli at the front. So if you're that traveler that has a tight connection, but like you want some good food, they have everything packaged. It's like going to Pret-a-Manger, little salads, yeah. sandwiches, like 20 different kinds to choose from. Juices, fresh juice, sodas, and you can just go in and grab it. And also hot cookies. Hello, who doesn't love cookies? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and if you have a little bit of a longer stay, they also have a wellness room where you can do yoga, you can stretch. They even have exercise bikes and then showers. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah. just kind of so well-rounded and so well thought out that you know that to me is amazing now i also do love the the centurion lounge at dallas fort worth uh yeah. it's not I, I will i will pick capital one over centurion but they have great food presentations and they do an excellent job there too so yeah okay. so dallas tends to have the best lounges good to know you know and that brings up a question i was actually stuck overnight in dallas because of flight delay meant i missed my connection a couple of weeks ago if I had had either of those cards, could I have stayed in the lounge? Like, are they open 24-7? Is that an option? So they're, they're not open 24-7. And yeah. sometimes there okay. are restrictions on like how long you can stay. It depends on the oh, lounge. I see. If you are going in with your ticket and you were delayed, as long as I hadn't reissued another ticket with a different time, they probably would have let you in. So it just, okay. it, just it kind of depends. Because um, yeah. if let's say your flight was for if they had already reissued you a ticket for tomorrow and they scanned it, mm. they probably wouldn't let you in that previous day. I see. Okay, You'd have to like go sense. back early, like in the next morning before your flight. 
Got it. Okay. So it's not an option for sleeping, essentially. <laughs> no. But however, <laughs> like the Almorzan Business Lounge uh, in Doha, they are used to having people with very long layovers. So like they do have beds. And if you have a oh, six okay. hour layover there, you can you can crash there. That's not a problem. Okay. So it's just every lounge is different. Sure. I wanted to go back to a couple of things that you mentioned. One is just speaking to this whole idea of overcrowding. What do you think kind of led to that? Was it the rise of like priority pass? I think because there's just been such a big push to get new credit card holders and the credit cards have just been competing and offering more and more benefits. There are so many people now who do have already have lounge access. You know, there are plenty of people who don't, but there are yeah. lots of people who do. It's even similarly, sometimes I go to the airport and I can't believe the line at TSA PreCheck. And I mean, I'm yeah. happy everybody has TSA PreCheck, but it's like, yeah. oh my God. Okay. But most people have it now because it was a credit card benefit. You know, you pay mm-hmm. for it and you get a statement credit. I also think that the overcrowding has been an issue because so many people are traveling again. Tons of people accrued mild and got credit cards during the pandemic because they were bored and reading about them and spending, and now they want to travel. So like tons of people are traveling. And as we know, like the airports are insane. So I just think a lot of people are traveling this summer. It should die down. Hopefully in the fall, it typically does. And when that happens, the lounges should be also less crowded. And would you say that's true that summer is just the toughest season in terms of lounge access, like that yes. fall, winter. Especially this summer. Yeah. The summer yeah. is just, I mean, I've never <laughs> seen planes so packed and like lines so long for whether it's for immigration, for TSA pre-check, for checking. It's just doesn't matter what day of the week I go. It is insane. Travel has rebounded. I guess it's good for our industry, but yeah, it's intense out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But it's still, again, going back to our first point, because it is so crazy, it's still worth that while to like, try to get into a lounge and like have treat yeah. yourself a little, you know? Yeah, a little oasis. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you think people should know about, say, Priority Pass in particular? I feel like we kind of talked about that in several different questions, but I had mentioned all these premium cards like the Capital Adventure X, the Chase Sapphire Reserve and the Amex Platinum all come with Priority Pass membership. So does the Hilton Surpass card. So interestingly enough, like this is a low fee Hilton Honors co-branded credit card. It's only $95 a year. And it comes with a lower Priority Pass membership, which is not unlimited access with two guests like the other cards, but it is 10 passes to get in. So Mm. considering that the one-off passes, which you would pay like through Lounge Buddy or directly at a Priority Pass Lounge if they're offering day use, would be 40 or 50 bucks. You're getting 10 of them for $95 fee, which to me is incredible. Plus, you're like, when you sign up for the card, you're also getting like over 100,000 Hilton points, which you can use for like a night at a Waldorf Astoria or a Conrad Hotel. But yeah, yeah, so so like going back to... Not for people who don't want to do the credit card wrap, but for people who cannot handle like the idea of having a card with a super annual fee. The Amex Green has that Lounge Buddy credit, and the Amex Green is $150 a year. Yeah, that's a really good perk. I've actually never heard of that card. 
Well, looking to the future, what do you see happening in the world of airport lounges or with airport lounge access? Where do you think it's all going to go? I do think that more lounges are going to be restricting guest access. I think the problem with a lot of the overcrowding, not only are people traveling, but when you can bring plus two, mm-hmm. it adds up fast. Yeah. And so now that the Centurion Lounge has gone ahead and like people were moaning and groaning, but it's done, that they're charging for guest access, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the other programs started scaling back their guest access or if priority priority pass membership allows just a plus one mm-hmm. instead of a plus two. Now, the workaround for this, just like with the Amex, is make those people that you typically travel with additional card holders. So oh. if you have the Amex Platinum, you can add three card holders for 175 total. So it's less than $60 a person. Each additional card holder will then get their own priority pass membership and their own card. So they have also have Centurion Lounge access. So if there are four of you traveling together, you will still all get into the Centurion Lounge without paying a guest fee because you each have your own AMX Platinum. I see. And yes, so that's a great way to work around that with my favorite card with the Capital One Venture <laughs> X reward. Um, the additional card holders are free. So every additional card holder, up to four, for your additional card holders, they each get their own priority pass membership. And they also get access to the Capital One Lounge Network, which is growing. And so that's like a great situation. And then people think, well, do I really want to have other people on my credit card? You can add additional card holders and then set their limit to like $100. And so that way everyone has a membership and like, I have my dad under me, under my Amex Platinum, and then I have my cousin under another card. And so they, everybody's enjoying lounge access courtesy of me. <laughs> but you don't have to worry about like somebody going on a shopping not, spree. I, mean, <laughs> I don't think that they would go on a shopping <laughs> spree anyway, but now I definitely <laughs> don't have to worry about it because they can't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's a really good tip. Okay. I mean, we've covered a lot today. Is there anything else that you think travelers should know about this very complex topic? (laughs) I think that travelers should definitely do the research on their home airports and where they typically Mm -hmm. fly to and from to see what lounges they they would frequent if if they're looking for lounge access. And then from there, perhaps decide which credit card is best to suit their lounge needs. Um, I see. Like if your sole goal of a high fee credit card is to gain Centurion Lounge access and you're based in a city that doesn't have a Centurion Lounge, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless you have a great priority pass lounge, which would come with it, but then you have more choice of different credit cards to choose from. So I, see. I would say like, you got to do a little bit of homework. We will have a, links to so many different topics that we went over today that it's, you know, you can have a graduate degree in in airport lounge access after you read them all. And also just set your expectations accordingly. Like, again, I was so happy to have that cold beer and that dire airport. Like that to me, that, that was made, made the priority pass worth it. Lounges are typically going to be overcrowded. Some are going to be better than others, but 
there's always going to be the opportunity to like treat yourself, experience it and decide if you want to come back. And definitely there are many that are worth coming back to. So yes. And also all these new lounges, like the remixed versions of the Centurion lounges, the newer ones, the new Capital One lounges, the new Chase lounges. There's a lot of investment going into these lounges. And so Hmm. they are glamorous. They are bringing back the glamour to the lounge experience. Thanks so much for sharing, Paul. Before we share where you can find Paul when he's not traveling or watching reruns of Portlandia with his husband and rescue dog Camo, let's talk about some of the key takeaways from today's episode. Takeaway number one, never pay outright for a membership to a lounge, whether that's through an airline or a company like Priority Pass. The best way, Paul says, to access a wide variety of lounges is through a travel credit card. And that brings us, of course, to takeaway number two. Paul's favorite card for maximizing lounge access is the Capital One Venture X. If you want access to Amex's Centurion network of lounges, try the Amex Platinum, the Business Platinum, or the Centurion card. The Amex Platinum card also comes with access to the Priority Pass network. And finally, the Chase Sapphire Reserve also comes with Priority Pass access, as well as other airport perks. And Chase is building out its own network of lounges. For lower fee cards with good lounge access, try the Hilton Surpass card and the Amex Green card. Takeaway number three, before you apply for any of these cards, do your research and figure out which lounges are available at your home airport or the one you frequent the most. That should guide which card you go with. Takeaway number four. If you don't want to go the credit card route, which I completely understand, your options are a bit more limited, but it's not impossible. You can always book a business or first class ticket, though remember that certain business class routes have limitations on access, so do your research. You can also use apps like LoungeBuddy, which allow you to book one-off visits. Takeaway number five, if you have priority pass through one of your cards, check to see if it offers benefits outside the lounges. For example, Chase Reserve cardholders can get a credit for food and drinks at dozens of restaurants and major airports. So again, comes down to do your research. And takeaway number six, have fun with it, enjoy the good experiences when they come, and try to laugh about the ones that aren't so great. You know, we are so lucky to travel and lounges can just add that little extra magic to our experience. Again, we'll link to it all in our show notes. If you want to hear more from Paul, you can look for his byline on afar.com, visit his website, paultheprotraveler.com, or follow him on Instagram at paultheprotraveler. Ready for more unpacking? Visit afar.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Afar Media. If you enjoyed today's exploration, I hope you'll come back for more great stories. Subscribing makes this easy. You can find Unpacked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to rate and review the show. It helps other travelers find it. This season, we also want to hear from you. Is there a travel dilemma, trend, or topic you'd like us to explore? Email us at unpacked@afar.com. This has been Unpacked, a production of Afar Media. The podcast is produced by Aislinn Green and Nikki Galtaland. Music composition by Chris Gollin. And remember, the world is complicated. We're here to help you unpack it.